Stories are seeing opinions for what they are. Opinions. My name is Osadumebi, and every week I will tell you a short story written by a Nigerian writer or author. That's the long and short of it. So without much ado, this week's story is by Victor Ola Matthew. And it is the concluding part of the story titled, Sir, What Do You Mean? Catch up on last week's episode for the first half. I stayed with Auntie Ngozi. She was not my real auntie. I called her that as a sign of respect. But she was a friend of my mother's who let me stay at her place while I studied in the U.S. She had a son my age, Chizzy, and we attended the same university but he was in the visual arts program. And Tinkozi had spent long enough in the U.S. to let go of not just her Nigerian accent, but also her Nigerian mentality. It was the only reason why she let Chizzy study visual arts. She said one time at dinner, Chizzy, what's that painting? The Amadio Hamam, he said very confidently. The painting on an 18 by 24 inch canvas, was an abstract art of the Igbo deity. You could barely make out the structure. Yet, you could barely not make out the structure. It was fascinating. Chizzy had only brought the painting home that evening for us to see. I'm going to auction it, Mom, he said. This beautiful piece? I asked. If I painted it, I won't want to have it auctioned. Yes, it is what pays some of the bills around here. And Ngozi said, filled with pride for her son. If we were in Nigeria, my mother would have shouted. She would take Cheesy for deliverance and say the gods are using him to bring them back to life. And Ngozi laughed and so did we. I found the painting a little demonic too. I was still very Nigerian like Antingozi's mother. As I got to the front of the house, I stomped on the porch and slammed the door. I was not angry, but I did it so Antingozi would know I was back. Dear Car, is that you? She shouted from the kitchen. Do you plan on removing my door? She said. It had become our thing. And hopefully the door will never fall out, if not. No, ma. Good afternoon, I greeted. And Tinkozi usually said I reminded her of home with the way I greeted her. Sometimes she would joke. I had a bad afternoon, dear Cor. But today, she said, Welcome back, dear Cor. Tell your brother the food is almost ready. Cheesy had become my brother, although we looked nothing alike and he was four months older. I was dark-skinned with mosquito bites outlining darker spots on my arm. While Cheesy had no mosquito bites, and he was light-skinned because his father was a white man. My hair was in a low cut against my will because my mother feared my visa application would be declined at the embassy. And she also feared I would get shot when I got to the U.S. for keeping my usual fro. 
but Chizzy had long twists, which he tended every morning for an hour in the bathroom. His mother gave him freedom. What my mother would call spoiling. I knocked on the door of his room before entering. Chizzy was an artist, and his room pronounced it. The windows were always shut, and the blinds were down. There was a scented candle burning in the lamp, and LED lights which were firmly fixed to the square ceiling. Today, the LED lights were purple, and the burning candle was orange-scented. There were several artworks on the white walls, those he had decided not to sell. They were beautiful, but the artwork which stood out the most was the 24 by 36 inch landscape oil painting. A portrait of Antingozi, his late dad, and himself. Chizzy was painting when I opened the door. He was seated on the stool in front of his easel, with his color mixing palette in his hand. He slipped the brush behind his ears when he saw me. D, my man, what's up? He said. He called me D because he could not pronounce my name. But even if he could, I was certain he would still call me D because Cheesy expressly called people by their names. I'm good. You don't look it, he said, dropping his palette. There was a big transparent plastic wrap on the floor beneath the easel and the stool so he wouldn't stain the floor with the acrylic. Is it the story? Cheesy was a free, non-judgmental bird, so I did not find it difficult to open up to him about my love for writing. He respected it and said it was dope art. Or more. If you know what that man said... I sat on the bed with an intended dramatic sigh. Yeah? What'd he say, Dee? He said my work lacks Nigerian authenticity. I said, reclining into his bed. Chizzy removed the brush from behind his ear and dropped it. Paint in his hand, he stood over me and said, This is the part where I say, I told you so he said in a sing-song voice, laughing. He did not tell me that my work was inauthentic, but he did warn that I could not bear criticism. Shut up, Joe. I silenced him, chuckling. I clearly saw the blue paint in his hand as he jumped on the bed and reached for my face to resume his painting. I held his arm away from my face, and with his other arm, he tried to tickle me so I would let go. I hate being tickled. I pushed him away from me, and in an attempt to pin his hand to the bed, droplets of paint got on the white sheet. I managed to use his hand to smack his face, which smeared a large amount of the paint on his face. I was about to declare myself the winner of our mini-fight, when he nudged my elbow, and as I lost my balance, his hand made contact with my face. There was paint on both our faces. My mom's gonna kill us, he joked. Eh, we'll just clean up the kitchen. She will like that, I responded. We had forgotten the discussion until Cheesy said, No, Dee, really. What you wrote was amazing and I think you should just send it in. 
it's not like painting cheesy. Anybody will see your art and appreciate it in a second. But in writing, I'm putting the reader through 7,000 words. That is not a second. I like it. You like it. Why are you seeking validation from this lecturer who thinks your work lacks, um... Wait... What the hell did he mean by that? I sat up. See, cheesy. I don't know. I think my work is bad. I'm going to tell you this for the last time. That story is good. I'm not going to say it again. Oh, please, Lord Cheesy, compliment my work one last time, I beg of you. I'm desperate. I deadpanned. He laughed. But the man invited me to dinner. Maybe he will explain better. Maybe. Cheesy said, picking up his brush. I was very anxious for and on Sunday. I told Antingozi I was going to have dinner with a lecturer and I had to explain my relationship with him to her. She said, He must return you, with a sharp voice. Black men were being killed frequently and because I had not come to terms with being black, I didn't think I could get killed. After all, my mother said I was covered with the blood of Jesus. I had read a lot about racism and classism in the U.S. So, arriving in Baltimore, everything felt racist to me because I was eager to experience racism. I desperately wanted to say, You are racist. But yet, I held a secret belief that the police brutality racism was for blacks and not for me because I was the Nigerian Christian good boy. I did not want to identify as black, at least not yet, and definitely not for death. It's not that the trigger would care to listen to my secret beliefs when it was pulled. Sorry if my boss they do like Onyiboman. Luke said to me in the car. It was sudden, and I felt bad that I did not have an immediate reply. I never paid attention to him, so I didn't think he could be Nigerian. His pigeon was undone, though, and he was better off speaking English. Had he spoken pigeon to impress me? Maybe to sound authentically Nigerian, because he had overheard Mr. Olo and I discuss. It's fine. How long before we get there? I was uncomfortable. Less than five minutes, he said. I stopped watching him from the rearview mirror and looked out the window. There was a man and a woman who were watching their leashed dogs fall in love. And hopefully they would as well, just like in the movies. I walked in and was briefly introduced to Mr. Olu's wife. Then he told her we would both be having dinner in his study. At first, I had imagined his study to be a small, dusty room with a lot of books and cobwebs, but it wasn't. It was spacious and similar to his office in terms of furniture. Mr. Olu, do you have a thing for wood? I asked, and he laughed at my very serious question. 
The shelves stood on one side of the room and there weren't a lot of books. There was no dining table we would eat on, but a portion of his desk was cleared. Here is your dinner, babe, his wife said. She was white and brunette. I watched as she handed Mr. Olu a tray of food. They reminded me of Aunt Ngozi and her late husband. On Mr. Olu's tray was a plate of golden brown crab cakes, drizzled with tartar sauce. I wanted to tell her not to add the sauce on mine, but I erred on the side of curtsy. A minute later, she returned with my food, and it wasn't crab cakes with tartar sauce. It was gari and vegetable soup on two different plates. I was dumbfounded. She kept smiling as she dropped the plates and a bowl of water for rinsing my hands, as though she had done me some favor by giving me Nigerian food instead. I faked a smile. Why aren't you eating? Mr. Olu asked. He had already taken bites out of his crab cakes. We ordered it from this nice African restaurant in Bel Air, he said. Is this what Nigerian authenticity is to you? I tried hard but failed to hide my irritation. You don't think the food tastes nice? Try it. He ignored me. I should limit you too to food and styles since that is all you see in Nigerian as. There's a sorted meat in that soup. The problem is not my work, sir. You are just not ready to find your misplaced identity. I stood up to leave. He did not stop me from leaving his study like I imagined he would. No opening up. No speaking of Yoruba. No jokes and no explanation for my story's Nigerian inauthenticity. A story about a sexually abused young boy in the city of Ibadan who formed a therapeutic relationship with Bali. Victor Ola Matthew is a Nigerian-born and raised storyteller, as he would rather, as a practitioner of many art mediums, have himself referred to. He currently resides in Toronto, Ontario, and is enrolled in a medical physics undergraduate program. More of his work can be seen on victor.curious.page. Some of his work have appeared in Brittle Paper, The Obsidian, and Afritonda's 2022 anthology, and a forthcoming piece in the Republic. Connect with Victor on Instagram at Victorverse, spelt with a zero because there's already a Victorverse with an O, and on LinkedIn as Victor Ola Matthew. Details and links will be in the episode description. If you've got a story you would like to be featured on this podcast, or a published book you want to make into an audiobook, Send an email to info at osadumebi.com or send me a message at osadumebi on either Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn or Twitter. I look forward to collaborating with you. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, please subscribe, leave a review and tell a friend that stories are a good escape for a few minutes each week.